Counterattack Podcast with me again, Daps. Um, guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing. Um, yeah, last week was a quick one. I want to try and do another quick one. So basically, what it is when when I haven't got um, a guest, what what started to happen is that I just didn't record. But if I haven't got a guest, I'm gonna make sure that I still put out something, even if it's half hour, forty five minutes, whatever. I'm still gonna put out something. So just like last week, and I'm not gonna lie to you, the engagement on Instagram and Twitter for like the posts I was putting out, especially the Pogba one, was really really good. So it just lets me know that I've just got to keep going and keep putting out posts and whatnot to build up engagement so I've got a couple of things um that I thought I would just quickly rush through oh, let me get comfortable yeah I've got a couple of things that I thought I would just like rush through and whatever just to you know some things that are just on my mind and whatever just in regards to what I think about the weekend's football and stuff that's going on so I'm just going to go through them plus I've got a couple of things that people um reached out to me about in um on social media so um <clears throat> obviously I'm recording this on it's now Sunday night so Chelsea have played West Ham um Liverpool have played Everton and I think I'm going to start on Chelsea I think I'm going to start start with Chelsea and you know obviously Chelsea had lost a couple of games in the bounce most most notably the one um last week against Arsenal which I didn't think Arsenal would win but you know, managed to get a result there. And and it's an interesting one with Chelsea because I feel like what we're seeing right now is Tuchel, not struggling, but it's a problem getting Chelsea to the required level, to the required standard that, sorry, that he has set for them. Because, and, and, I, and I feel like it's, it's because of the fact that there's nothing to play for anymore for them. And Chelsea were in that space where they're not going to win the league, but they're also not going to come out of the top four. So I feel like their performances just kind of dipped and their performances, you know, mirrored that where it's just like, you know, we're seeing at the end of the season. Plus you had all of the, you know, um, distractions from, you know, the sanctions and whatnot. And, you know, you've got players not knowing if they're coming or going anymore. So there's so many things that played into the whole for me anyway, reasons why Chelsea are just kind of just seeing out the season for me. But um, with, with that with that being said, today, obviously they've gone and beaten West Ham and they're back to winning ways. And after the match, what I do want to touch on, it's, not, it's, it's less about their performance and whatnot, but more about Tuchel confirming that Rudiger was going. And I just wanted to take this opportunity to, to just speak about how like how things have turned you know at the beginning of the season I remember saying to on this podcast and to other people even last season I remember saying that Rudiger was I reckon Chelsea's best defender and it was at a time when not only Chelsea fans but other other fans as well were in disagreement were like oh no we don't like Rudiger and blah 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 but what Rudiger has done in regards to changing that narrative a question I have is has he always been at that level or has he just genuinely got better and improved so much that he's now the out and out best defender that they've got and seen as that and um yeah so I I, I genuinely believe he's 
been their best defender for a while. And I think him going is actually going to, it's going to be a massive loss because um, shout out Anita from Gold Diggers. I saw her tweet today that, you know, who, who would Chelsea genuinely get to replace Rudiger? And I don't know how many top centre-backs are available right now, you know, that can come in and do the job that Rudiger um, has been doing, or even better, you know. And, of course, with their sanctions coming up, you don't even know if they're, if they're even going to be able to sign players this summer. So I think him going is definitely a massive loss. I think at the time when they were negotiating, I feel like he should have... <coughs> one second. At the time when he was negotiating, I feel like he should have, you know, they should have just tied him down to the contract. Whatever he was asking for, within reason, just just give it to him. Because now they are really messed up. On top of that, Christiansen is looking like, Christiansen, sorry, it's looking like he's going to be leaving as well. Aspilicueta's leaving. And um, yeah, I, I, just, I just wonder what, you know, what they're going to do and, you know, but if you're listening to this, just just let me know and you know, hashtag counterattack podcast on Twitter. Like let's let's get the engagement going back. Just let me know what you think about, you know, Rudiger's form. Has he always been this good or did he genuinely improve? And what Chelsea actually do next season, because they've got a big problem, if especially if they cannot sign players. Because we're talking about Christensen being out of contract, as Pilaqueta being out of contract, um, Rudiger being out of contract. So that's three going. Three of their usual starters, let's just say. And that's going to leave them with Thiago Silva and he's going to be touching 38 and in the last year of the contract next year. And I don't think you're going to get the same level of Thiago that you're getting this season. But then again, I could be wrong. But you're going to be left with Shalabar, who's very young, inexperienced, and Malangsa. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be, you know, a tough one for them. And also, off the topic of Rudiger and everything, Tuchel is such a sore loser. I've, I don't think I've ever seen anyone as bad. Well, no, Klopp was bad. Wenger was actually bad. Okay, cool. Maybe, maybe not, but he's a sore loser. To come out after the Arsenal match and blame the pitch as if they're the only ones that, were playing, that, that was playing on that pitch, you know, and blame the pitch for their loss is, is ridiculous. Do you get what I mean? And he's always got an attitude. He's always got a mad attitude. Like, I understand you're not going to be happy when you lose, but the attitude is just mad. But anyway, that's that. So I don't know if there's any more Chelsea topics. Um, no, obviously they drew 1-1. And you know what? They've got to be careful because top four, not, obviously they'll get top four, but that third, that, that third spot isn't so secure anymore do you get what I'm saying and and the way you know they're struggling to really you know perform right now they might want to be careful that they don't get dragged into you know a late season race for you know that third spot because obviously Arsenal it's it's so it's so amazing how how quickly things change in football last week I was on the podcast saying that the top four race Arsenal is done and in the space of a week Arsenal have beaten Chelsea beaten Manchester United and Tottenham have also dropped points against Brentford which now means that it's back on just like that and honestly I'm I can't I can't speak highly enough in regards to how happy I am that we've beaten United and 
um, Chelsea. But it's just so techy right now, man. Honestly, on it, listen, I don't know what is going on. And I think I might have said this last week. The only reason, the only reason why I say Arsenal aren't guaranteed top four is literally because Tottenham have Conte. And I know that sounds mad, but Conte, having Conte, who is a world-class manager in charge of your team, it just makes a world of difference. I'm telling you now, if Tottenham had any other manager, whether it was even Poch or whoever, if they had any other manager at this stage of the season with this current team, I wouldn't even worry about top four. I wouldn't even think anything of it. But because they've got a world-class manager who knows how to get the results and who knows how to grind them out, it's a race for top four. It's competition. And um, I think Tottenham, judging by them dropping points, and I, I don't think they, I might be wrong, I don't think they had many shots on target. I think they might have, they might have had zero, maybe one. I don't know. But it wasn't great. And they're showing signs of, you know, the, the whole bottling it thing that, that they're, you know, that, that they've become, you know, um, associated with. So I, I do think Arsenal are back in it, but we've got some tough games. I think that obviously I saw Dawson got sent off today for Chelsea. So there's, no, there's not going to be any Dawson next week against um, Arsenal. Also, that game comes in between their Europa League semi-final. So, what I what I would imagine happens is that they kind of rest players for that because obviously they've got an important game coming up. So, you know, it's in Arsenal's hands, I, I, I truly believe. I think if they get past West Ham and Tottenham drop points against Liverpool next week, then it would be looking positive for Arsenal. Let me just say that, because I don't want to come here. Obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I say we a lot, but whatever. Um, but I don't want to get too, you know, I want to remain as objective as possible. So that's on that. But another thing as well, yeah. El Nenny's coming to the squad the last two games, or he's, he's coming to the fold. He started the last two games, Chelsea and Manchester United. And he's played really well. Not going to lie to you. He's played really well. I actually like Elneny. But I think that Arsenal have to start moving forward. And I've been seeing talk about Arsenal possibly giving him a contract ex extension based on his performances in the last two games. I've been seeing that not just paper talk, but people actually co-signing that. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, yeah? Like, Arsenal need to come away from that sort of thinking. Like, yes, he's played well. You know, thank you for your service. And like I said, I like Elneny, you know. But him playing well for the last two games doesn't mean he should get a new contract negotiation. I mean, an, an, a new, another contract extension. Like, that's, that's just wild to me because we're just going to be stuck in the same positions again. You know, he's been there for however many years. You know, he's, he's done well, squad player. He's been on loan a couple of times or once or whatever. I, I, I just think that we need to move on from that. We don't need to give him no contract extension based on two games because, you know, over, we'll give it to him and then it just won't, look, let me just stop there. No, no, let's, let's not do that. So we need to get away from that sort of thinking. Um, yeah. And if we do get top four, and this is the last thing I'm going to say at Arsenal, I don't like to Arsenal it out. 
Arsenal have been linked with Gabriel Jesus. And I'm not going to lie to you, yeah? I think for a team fighting for Premier League, a team fighting to win the Champions League, I don't think Gabriel Jesus is is ever going to be the main man for any of those teams. But I think that next level down, teams who are in and around Champions League, he can be a really, really good striker. So if Arsenal are going to get a player and they somehow manage to get Gabriel Jesus, I think that would be, honestly, a top, top level signing. So I think it's, I think a lot of it will depend on Champions League as well. Because let's be honest, outside of Manchester City, he's not going to get another top four club and be the main man. So, you know, he's always going to have to play second fiddle to another striker if he was to go to a top team. Um, so, yeah, I think if Arsenal can get that over the line, it will be a massive signing for them. And um, we probably will still need one more after that, one more striker. Because it looks like Nketiah's leaving as well. And I'm not going to get into that one. But, yeah, cool. So that's that's it on Arsenal, guys. Just make sure that you um, keep liking, subscribing, sharing. Honestly, the engagement last week was so good. And I know there's people that listen to this that have thoughts, but just always stay silent. So if that's you, just make sure, you know, that's not you anymore. You know, hashtag counterattack podcast on Twitter and, you know, all the socials for Instagram and, you know, Twitter, whatever it's going to be, it's in the description. So just make sure that you engage with the clips that we put up. TikTok as well, um, counterattack pod, I think it is for TikTok. But yeah, I'll put that in the bio as, um, in the description as well. So yeah, all, all along all those socials, guys, just keep keep with the engagement. But moving on, and then, okay, yes, Everton lost today. Everton lost today now, and this is a touchy one because what I'm going to say is what I'm going to say about Frank Lampard is it's a touchy one because of my relationships with with certain people. But what I'm going to say about Frank Lampard is that I think after Chelsea, I think it was important for him to get a job where, how can I put this? I think the last thing he needed was a relegation fight. Let me, let me just, let me just put, it, put it that way. And, you know, the, with the way Chelsea ended, with the way, you know, Derby ended in regards to not getting, the, um, not getting promotion, I think Frank Lampard came as his job with a lot of pressure. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking about pressure from outside, like, to, to show us something, because Frank Lampard is an England legend, Premier League legend. And I think that a lot of people have reservations. So I think a lot of people have reservations about the way he... They, they, see, they see him as someone that's been given a helping hand and, you know, not really worked hard in terms of his job. So... I think going into Everton, he would have felt the pressure in regards to having to achieve and having to be successful. But it's looking really bad right now. And you're looking at the team that they've got and there's no way that they should be down there, regardless of where he picked them up from. There's enough about them to not be in this position. And it's worse than it was under Rafa Benitez, I think, because... They just can't buy a result from anywhere. I'm hearing that if they lose one more, then their next game is going to be their worst, you know, 
it's going to be the record for the most defeats in a row, most successive defeats. And he's got to do something because I think with this job, if he does not turn this around, I truly believe he will struggle. Or maybe not because it's Frank Lampard. But you would think that he will struggle to find another job, find another role, like Premier League role, without having to drop down and do the work again. So in, in order to, to get them back up. So Frank Lampard is really, really struggling right now. I can't see... I'd like to say that I can't see Everton going down because there's too much quality there. But at this point, it's not about quality. It's just about, are you ready to do the dog work when you're in the trenches? And looking at Everton, do they have the players who, when they're in the trenches, are ready to work and ready to do the dog work to, to get them out of it? And I'm not sure that they have those players. Right now, I don't care about quality. You know, I don't care about whatever. It's just about having the right attitude and having the players to get you over the line. And looking at Richarlison, looking at, um, what do you call you? Like, it will be Michael Keane. Um, I don't know. Like, do they have the characters there to, 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 to get them out? So it'll, it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of weeks because they're in the relegation zone now. You know, before they had the threat of relegation, now they actually now they're actually in the relegation zone. And Burnley look like, you know, they've been there, done it. They know what it takes. It's not about fancy football. Well, it's never about fancy football with, with Burnley, but that's a conversation for another day. It's literally just about getting over the line and, and getting the results. And Burnley got another result today. So, um, yeah, fair play to them. Another, another game that happened today was um, Southampton against Brighton, or Brighton-Southampton. Brighton were at home. And Ward-Prowse scored two. Ward-Prowse scored a free kick. And at this point, and I've said it before, you know, and you always hear other people saying it, giving Ward-Prowse a free kick on the edge of the box is as good as giving him a penalty. Because he's going to, you know, he could go anywhere and you're not going to stop it more time. If he hits targets, it's most likely going to be a goal. But the thing about Ward-Prowse that I want to talk about is that I think that because he's become so known, because he's so known for his free kicks, people just give him free kicks. Like, I mean, not give him free. People just label him as a good free kick taker. Oh, that's it. He's a, he's a good free kick taker. Set pieces, that's it, that's it. But I think we need to give him more credit for being a better, a, a good all-round midfielder. And a question that I have is, you know, if all things being equal, you know, we continue, people continue, like, in regards to their form into the build-up, I mean, to the build-up of the World Cup, should Ward-Prowse be on that plane to to um, Qatar? Because, honestly, he, he I, I honestly believe Ward-Prowse is a really, really good player. And it's such a shame that we just label him as a good set-piece taker because he's... Honestly, he's become one of the most consistent performers in the in the Premier League in regards to centre midfield. You know, in regards to impact and influence like that he has on the team, leadership, he's top notch. And he's just a really, really good player. Forget the set piece stuff. He's just a really, really good centre midfielder and he's up there with the best in, you know, English midfielders anyway. So yeah, I I, I just think we need to give Ward Prowse a bit more credit in regards to his actual football ability. It's not just about set pieces with him. So that was all I had to say on that quickly. 
Um, but yeah, guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing. There's more. Hashtag counterattack podcast on Twitter. Um, the next thing I have, so I'm just flying through these things. And this is a, an interesting one as well. Um, so Ralph Ragnick, Ragnick, I, I always, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Oh, one second. Yeah, so Ralph Ranick, honestly, as time goes on and as the season's going on and United's performances get worse, honestly, when I listen to Ralph Ranick speak, I respect him so much because I know a lot of people make fun of him as, you know, when he, when he first came, there was all these interviews, all of these TED Talks, um, but honestly speaking... Ralph Ranyit, when I hear him speak, you can see that he's a man that actually really knows football. He's a man that can look at football being played and, you know, analyse it and just... He, his head is correct, if you know what I mean. And he's come in and I'm hearing him talk and I can see he's not having these players. And I think a lot of these players are in for a rude awakening come the summer. I'm not going to say they've let him down because those a lot of these players have let down a couple managers now and he's not having it in regards to, but I, he's also interim manager. So there's very little that he can do. And, you know, I think when Ten Hag comes and they have their conversations in regards to, you know, the players that are currently at the club, I think that he's going to, he's, he's going to literally expose a lot of these players, you know, that, you know, a lot of these players think that they're better than they are. I think a lot of the players there like, are just not of the standard of United, of Manchester United, and he's seen that. And I think he's seen that a lot of them have have it easy and are coasting, and he's not having them one bit. And um, it'll be interesting to see as the season goes on, he starts getting more frustrated, and you know his time coming to an end. It'll be interesting to see how much he actually opens up and you know says more in regards to in regards to all of that. So, you know, Ten, Ten Hag has been confirmed now and when they do have their conversations, I, I'm already hearing that he's not trying to have Maguire as captain and, you know, they're trying to get Frankie de Jong in and um, obviously Van der Beek's there. He's going to try, um, he's going to try reignite Van der Beek's Manchester United career. And it would just be interesting as well to see how much control they actually give him. And one thing that I, I was speaking to the Armchair Gaffers guys before and um, before I started recording, and I mentioned the Bruno Fernandes five-year contract before they've appointed a manager. And I don't know who it was on the podcast, but one of them alluded to the fact that that could be a sign that things aren't all going to be his way, Ten Hag's way in regards to all the decisions. You know, they want to give him a five-year contract before a new manager's been appointed. That's what they're going to do. And that might be something to look at. Do you get what I'm saying? Because 
over the past couple of years, no matter which manager has come in, they've never really had, you know, everything their way in, t in terms of total charge, recruitment, you know, tactics or whatnot. Like, they've not had total control over it. So um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to, to see how that goes. But, you know, the season still, you know, has however many games left. And United are just crumbling. They're so bad. Honestly, they are so bad right now. And the only, you know, glimmer, I, not even glimmer of hope, but the only thing that I like in terms of positive in regards to United, and I know that a lot of people say he's the problem. I know that a lot of people give him a lot of slack. But it's Ronaldo. Honestly, like, Ronaldo keeps scoring. He's their top goal scorer right now. He's got however many goals. Like, what more do you want from him? Do you get what I'm saying? In a team that has been underperforming for however long, in a team that really lacks the quality needed, Ronaldo is doing his job and putting the ball in the back of the net. And in a better team, imagine how many more goals he would have. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the only good thing I see. I think Pogba's played his last game for United. I think his contract is up at the, begin at the end of the season. And, you know... <laughs> Ranjit was complaining that he keeps getting injured. But I think Pogba just had it like, listen, I'm about to make a big move. Big signing on fee, whatever. I'm not going to mess it up by getting injured. So, and fair play to him. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that's what you need to do, then do it. But I think he's played his last game. Um, did I? Did we? So, okay. So we haven't, we ha no, no, we haven't done a podcast since the Liverpool match. Yeah. So, and I just wanted to to say it, it was really mad how um, they dropped Phil Jones in it against Liverpool. Formation that he's not familiar with, that Manchester United aren't particularly f familiar with. Phil Jones hasn't really played that many times and they put him in there. And honestly, he did not have a great time. And I, and I, I, just, I just think they kind of set him up there. They lined him up nicely. So, yeah, I don't know about all of that stuff. And um, I think that's... That might be it. No, Pochettino. So, Pochettino is. Let me let me get it up because there's reports coming out right that um, Pochettino is leaving. Um, is leaving PSG imminently. So, yeah, apparently he's going to be imminently relieved of his duties as PSG manager. And and I was just I was just thinking on that in regards to um Poch that he is another manager that is going to have this thing hanging over this dark cloud hanging over his head. Because at Tottenham at Tottenham there was this thing that he was, you know, he all this good football and he never won a trophy. He never won a trophy. Never won a trophy. And then he got he got the job at PSG and everyone's saying with PSG with this team you have to win stuff. And first season was well, second season. Messi's now joined. You have to win the Champions League. Didn't look any closer to winning the Champions League. And then um, on top of that, you know the league hasn't really been a walk in the park. So, so there's this dark cloud hanging over his head. You know, Manchester United wanted him, but they've opted to go another route now. And 
I, I just think it's, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people might, might say that, you know, a route back to Tottenham is on the cards. And Scorch was saying this, actually, that, you know, he might, you know, it's going to be one big homecoming. And, and, I, was, and I, I would say, no, Conte's there, you know. Um, Antonio Conte's at um, Tottenham right now. But then when, I, when you look at it, I don't think Conte's going to be there for a long time. I think after this summer, if Conte's there December this year, I will be very surprised because I think once he sees that they're probably not going to back him in the transfer market, how he needs to be backed, I think he's out. Honestly, I, I I genuinely think he's out. I think, I think this. I think they're lucky they kept him after January because he was, you know, he was he was complaining about the transfers and you know the, the need to bring in better quality. And I think, I think come this summer where you need the big rejig that Tottenham do need, and he doesn't get that. I honestly, I think that's just going to be. He's just going to be like, no, nah, no. Nah. And then you're going to hear the stuff the way he just begs to be sacked. He just begs to be sacked to get that compensation. So, um, yeah, so if, and if that happens, I can see Poch coming back to, to, to England and, and managing Tottenham again. So we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. And, yeah, honestly, I, I just can't have Tottenham getting top four, though. But, yeah, guys, hashtag counterattack podcast. Um... Haaland, they said that Haaland was pretty much a done deal as well to Manchester City for that 65 million. I think it's his release fee or something. And you see if City get um, Haaland, problems. I hear people saying the league's wrapped up for the next five years, but I never ever believe in that wrapped up. No matter how good the signings are that people get, I never ever believe that because it never happens. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I think people always evolve and, you know, I think they'll probably win the first season if Haaland goes there. But then after that, other teams will improve and naturally evolve to close that gap. You know, we saw it with Liverpool. When Pep first came, they said the league's wrapped up for however many years. Do you get what I'm saying? And, and then Liverpool came and, you know, Klopp and, you know, Liverpool came and started challenging and, and it wasn't so easy for, for, for Manchester City after that. And I just think that's, that's a massive problem. Again, I say it on this podcast all the time, City can do that false nine thing for for the majority of of Premier League games and and Champions League games. But when it's crunch time and when when it really matters in those big, big, massive games on the world stage, on the elite stages where they really, really count, you need a striker. And Haaland will push them over um, the line. If City had a recognised, like, class elite striker right now, I would make them my favourites, like, sure thing. For, for Champions League but because they don't um, it leaves the door open so getting Haaland in will definitely be a massive coup for them and a massive statement if they do if that does happen um, other news West Ham Europa League I actually want West Ham to do well I don't want them to win it because that'll just be another thing that another club has over Arsenal but I really like the whole West Ham story you know from where they were and to to where they are now, it's like a real local local club, and you know, just East End Londoners. I I just I just really really like it, and I really like what um oh my gosh, I can't remember what David Moyes 
has done at you know has done with West Ham. You know, they're a very, very hard team to, to play against. Nobody wants to play against them. They're playing in a in a way where they're in the Europa League semi final. You wouldn't put it past them getting to the final. Like they've got I don't know if they're favourites or not, but they've got a really, really good chance of getting to the final and and um I, I want them I want them to do it. I actually want them to do it. So, you know, we'll we'll see how We'll see how all that goes. Hopefully, um, hopefully they can do it. Hopefully they can do it, and hopefully, hopefully, after the first leg, it's in a, it's at a point where it's just like you know we need all our players for next week. It's in the balance. I don't want them to get blitzed out the first leg because they'll come against Arsenal ready to war, and we don't need that. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it for me anyway. But yeah, guys, just keep. You know, in the comments, let me know what you want me to um, to say. I'm going to try do two of these. If I do a short one, I'm going to try to do two of them within the week. Um, but obviously time is just, yeah. So I'm going to try to do two in a week so that, you know, half an hour here at the beginning of the week and half an hour at the end of the week just to just to see, you know, just to keep keep things, you know, going and keep the content flowing for you guys. So anything you want me to talk about, let me know. There's other content I'm currently working on that I'm going to be releasing for you guys. Um, and something different, something quirky. So just let me know. So just let me know in the comments what what topics you want. Engage, 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 engage in 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 the in the page. And um, yeah, guys, I'll see you next time. Peace.